Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. We've been talking about um, the supernatural over the last four or five weeks, and I just wanted to continue that this morning. It's a special service this morning as well, because we're going to pray over the team that are going to Israel, and um, and uh, we're going to be able to pray for them. This is going to be um, a, a divine event, I believe. Um, and I really believe that. I think it's going to be it's going to be eye-opening in more ways than one, and revealing. And and it's just going to. I mean, I just I'm I'm a little bit touched with envy. I have to say um, that I won't be there, but I will be in Jerusalem one day. Praise God! But yeah, it's going to be a great time. And. Um, You know, this theme of the supernatural, I believe it's so timely. Um, When you're in Israel, I'm sure you're going to to feel that that sense of the supernatural that took place there. And um, I think that is going to be be awe-inspiring because it was a place of great contest, you know, and um, Jesus won. Just like we sang in the first song, you know, Jesus, you have won me. He, He won. And, and I believe that's what's important to remember. In, in life, there's all sorts of impossible situations, things that seem impossible, that we don't know how we're going to move beyond them. It's inconceivable. How will we get the victory? How will we attain it or achieve it? There are things that come against us that seem too big to overcome. Has anyone ever had one of those things come again? Too big. It's too big and it's too strong for me. I will not be able to overcome it. I'm too limited in who I am and what I have. I feel powerless. And we, 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 we think we don't possess what it takes to conquer or the challenge or to, to, to get to the place to overcome whatever it is that it is. And I want to say this morning that you, you do have it. And that is where the supernatural comes in. Um, and, and so... If you're in church this morning and you have a desire for something, whether it's for a, um, a change in your life or for a situation to turn around and get better, whatever your desire is, God sees your desire and he wants to aid you by the power of the supernatural to achieve that. Amen. So what is unachievable and what seems unattainable is actually within your grasp. It's within our grasp. So there's a way there is a way, and it's a supernatural way. And I won't get ahead of myself, but in, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says that all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And this verse is amazing in that it says, all of God's promises are yes. So the yes is God's voice. God, When God says yes, that's his voice speaking. And when he says amen, that's his oath that what he has just spoken, he'll do. 
Because he's never, God is not a man that he should lie. I mean, I've, we all say plenty of things that we never live up to. We just, you know, we'll just talk is cheap, so they say on the streets. Walk, the, walk your talk. But everything in God is yes and amen. We get, we get the benefit of joining our amen to God's amen. So when he says, this is, I promised Jesus to you. He was prophesied and promised. He's coming. He's been. The Messiah has been. He's been to the cross. He's been resurrected. We can now in 2023 say, Father God, thank you for that promise. It came to, has come to pass. Now your promises your, are still unfolding. More is coming. Amen. Amen. More is coming. And when we agree together, it's powerful, isn't it? When, when, when me, let's say, um, let's say, I, well, I have, I have covenant with my wife. That's unbreakable. It's unbreakable. And when we stand together, anything, if, as long as we are not going to be separated, nothing can separate us. You could, um, uh, think, I think it was my dad used to say, you can beat me to a greasy spot on the ground and I'll still say, I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what comes against you, if you decide you're not going to be separated, you won't be separated. And so it's powerful. Now, if that's possible on a human level, how much more powerful is it to come into agreement with what God says about you, about his church, about your future? Amen. It's very powerful. And that is why I believe that the the, the enemy will do everything that he can so that you will not come into agreement. You'll think it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so Jesus was prophesied. He was promised. And that was God's redemption plan. He's our supernatural savior. The title of this message, the supernatural savior. He, that was God's plan. That was God's act of love towards us, was Jesus. Amen. And he was the king of the Jews. His bloodline from King David. So, yeah, he, he was... He was born for such a time as this, the Via Dolorosa, the road to the cross. He was born for that. He would die in place as, as a king over his people. He would die in the place of his people. He was the spotless, sinless. He was the perfect sacrifice. And uh, it was his death and resurrection that made it possible for salvation to come to those who choose him. And this is important because everyone has a choice facing them. And God allows us the freedom of choice to choose him, to choose Jesus, or to reject him. Amen? And so there's this supernatural plan that, puts God, that, that God has put into motion. Now, it had to all be done in such a way that the forces of evil would not understand what was going on. Do you understand that? Um, Because it seemed as if, you know, Jesus always knew when to speak and when to keep silent. Even his own, he was misunderstood. Even his own disciples didn't understand him sometimes. And so he had to, he he was on this journey to his destiny and um, he knew what his life was all about. Many didn't. But Satan knew that he was the Messiah. But what he didn't know was what God's redemptive plan was. 
So he's like, yeah, I know that you're Jesus, and this is why I'm here in the wilderness tempting you, and this is why we're, we're doing this. But Satan did not know that God's redemptive plan was that Jesus was going to die for, for us and be, and be raised from the dead. And so um, Jesus' in, encounter with Satan in the wilderness didn't go according to plan, not for Jesus, but for Satan. It didn't go to, according to plan because he had to leave, didn't he? Three times he tried to tempt Jesus. And those three things were, one, the, the first temptation was man lives on every word that comes from God's, mouth, uh, from God's mouth. Whatever God speaks, that's what we live on. Don't try and tempt me with anything else that's not of God. Number two, do not test God or do not tempt God. Because he says, well, you can throw yourself off here and your angels will come and they will, they will lift you up. And the third one was worship God and worship God alone. Because the devil offered Jesus all of the kingdoms and nations of the world. And so the devil assumed that God wanted all of these things back again. Otherwise, he would never have... How, how do you tempt someone? You tempt someone with something that they want. So the devil's like, um, you, you want all these things back again. But it was so much more than that. He didn't understand that he was getting his people back again. He was getting you and me back again. That, that was the thing. Amen? Because he is the, the Bible says that he is the ruler of the world. So he had all of this to give, and he's like, oh, I've got you now because you want all this back again. What was lost after Babel, all of that, you disinherited the, the, the people and all of this, you want that back. But God had a much bigger plan than that. And go to Matthew chapter 4, and verse 8, it says, the devil took him to a high mountain. Oh, sorry, no, that's the one, that's what we've just spoken, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, that, so he goes through these three temptations, forgive me. And then after that, angels come to attend to Jesus, to minister to him. Isn't that comforting to know that after the enemy has had a go at you, that the angels came to attend? In other words, they came to care for Jesus. He had also just finished his fast. But that we, that, that we have ministering spirits, that, that we, have, we have the Holy Spirit ministering to us and caring for us. But God's plan went beyond all of this. God's plan was a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? New heaven, new earth. A new family. And Jesus was the atoning sacrifice. And he had to go to the cross to win this. Jesus, you have won me. Had to go to the cross to win it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, read from verse 7. The wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden. Even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began, but the rulers of this world have not understood it. Because if they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That is, that speaks volumes. Had they known, had it not been kept a mystery, they would not have put Jesus to the cross. 
Verse 10, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the spirit of the world. So we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. Amen? The mystery of God. If we understand that whenever we are truly faithful to fulfilling God's kingdom plan, which is unfolding every day, and we stay within God's will, and we abide in his word, then a supernatural force is available to help us to achieve the fulfillment of God's plan for our lives. It's available because your, your life is tied up in the kingdom plan. Everyone here who's born again today, this is why I think a few weeks ago we, I, I spoke about this. It's, it's being in service. It's being in Christ's service. Being in the army of the Lord means that you're not standing on the sidelines because your destiny is tied up with God's plan. So don't think that you're not enough or that you don't have what it takes. The, 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 one of the mysteries of God's word is that the least of these will do the most. It's always the people that you least expect to do something amazing that do it. Amen? And so it's bound up with, what, with, the, with the end times. It's bound up with the establish, establishment of the kingdom here on earth. And faithfulness and commitment is not easy. It doesn't appeal. It doesn't appeal to people who are living for themselves. Faithfulness and commitment and you can even see that the disciples wrestled with it. It's not easy. It's not appealing. But here's the thing. If we decide this morning, if you decide to live for Christ, the Bible says that you become the redeemed. If, you, if we decide to live for Christ, we become the redeemed. And the redeemed of the Lord will say, so. They will, they will, speak, they will speak the word of God, and that yes and amen will be powerfully backed up with the supernatural force of heaven. Amen? When you're redeemed, you no longer belong to the devil, who the Bible calls the father of lies. And I appreciate that there may be people sitting in the service today or watching this, the, the live stream, and they have no idea what, what, idea what all this talk is of the devil and Satan and, and, and all of this. But the supernatural is a very real realm these cosmic powers were present on, are present on earth. It's a very real realm. It's a contested realm. And that is why, as I said last week, we're going to walk into teaching on the warfare, on, on, on how um, sometimes we think, oh, well, I'll just be a passive Christian. Our passivity is not going to, is not going to have any results. So we are the redeemed. So when we truly understand that we're redeemed, the accuser of the brethren, who is the devil, he can no longer accuse you. When you know that you're redeemed, when he comes to you and he tries to say, you are, you are, 
you're not enough. You don't have enough. You're not, you will never be righteous enough. When he comes to you and he says that, you just say, I am now a daughter or a son of the adoption. I'm, I'm, I'm a son or a daughter of the king. You can walk in total freedom from the guilt and the shame that he always will try and bring and put onto you. Um, some of what I'm reading this morning, I read in a book by Dr. Michael Heiser. He passed away recently on the supernatural realm. And he said, he said this, he said that the devil is now a prosecutor without a case. He still wants to prosecute you, but he has no case. He doesn't have a case. He doesn't have a case against us. He doesn't have an eternal claim to your soul anymore. That, that must be great news. <laughs> but, you know, how many, how many years and how many sleepless nights I think I've had thinking that he did have a claim, but he doesn't. He doesn't have a claim to your life anymore. Salvation has won. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the resurrection power of Jesus. And the gates of hell will not be able to stop the advance of the gospel. And the more, the more we hear of people being arrested and put in prison for standing on the word and, not, and being uh, uncompromising with it, that will become much more commonplace But the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And all we, we need to know who Jesus is and who we are. And that's what Jesus asked his disciples. They went to Caesarea Philippi, and they were on Mount Hermon. And he said to them, um, you know, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And it was funny that he went all the way to Mount Hermon to say that because in the Old Testament, Mount Hermon was an area called Bashan. And Bashan was a place that was, that was in, in their worldview at the time, that was the, the gateway to the realm of the dead. So Jesus goes to this place where once the uh, fallen sons of man would have come there to that place, he goes there and he says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? He lays down the gauntlet for the devil and all of, all of hell. And they're, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, we, but they never knew what was going on. They, it was a mystery to them. They did not know that the road to the cross was the thing that, was, that would defeat them. Amen? And so, he has been defeated. Satan is a defeated foe with an allotted time on earth to do what he can in the time remaining to deceive us, to deceive people. Amen? But we've got to live our life with faith in the victory of the cross that destroyed the claim of the devil on your life, the cross. Amen? And just as, as soon as that happened and Jesus was raised to the right hand of the Father, who was raised to new life with him? Us. Amen? Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus, this is when the, 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 the 70, 72 disciples go out and they return. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven because I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. 
However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And that's it, keeping our eyes on that fact. Not, not rejoicing, and we are for signs and wonders. Of course we are. But we are rejoicing because our, because our names are written in heaven. And at that time, Jesus, full of joy, he was full of joy, through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, but you've revealed them to children, little children. And Father, this is pleasing you. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom this Son chooses to reveal him. And he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but didn't see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. They didn't, they didn't want to hear that Jesus was going to have to go to the cross. They really didn't want to receive that. I said, surely not. Surely not. But it's all, it was all part of a supernatural plan. Amen? When we trust in God's supernatural power and wisdom, amen, the supernatural works in our lives. It'll work through, through love, through grace, through forgiveness, through mercy. It will even work through your suffering. The supernatural works. At the core of Jesus' ministry, everything was supernatural. Amen? His ways, how many times we say that? God's ways are not as our ways. And this is why I believe we'll stand amazed when we do decide, when we choose to trust him with all of our hearts because he will accomplish things in and through our lives in ways that we least expect him to. This, this, is, this, is, the excite, this is the exciting journey of being a Christian is that you never know what's just around the corner. And all we need to do is trust him Amen. So tomorrow morning, I think it is, our, the team leave for Israel. What a blessing. What a blessing. You're going to walk in the paths and in the places where Jesus and his disciples walked, where they moved, where they ministered. You're going to be in the area where Jesus spent his final moments on earth and you'll be in that place where that supernatural exchange took place, the beautiful exchange. There's a song called The Beautiful Exchange. You're going to be in, in that area where that took place, where, you know, oh, just words can't describe what it's going to be like. But you're going to be in the place where the devil was outwitted, where evil was fooled. Amen. So that whole battle that was going on there in, in, this, in, the, in the supernatural realm, you're going to be in that very place. That's amazing. It's going to just be so revealing, I believe. So Jesus' is, is disciples, they could not accept that he was going to have to go to the cross. It's the last thing that they expected, but it was God's plan all along. And because of this plan, 
Jesus' death was accelerated. Hell was provoked, you could say. And then men began to be, turn their hearts and became and hated Jesus. Everything was perfectly timed. And so this all begins to take place. And every time Jesus is given the chance to speak, he knows exactly what to say. He knows exactly what to do. When we're approaching Good Friday soon, we're going to expect to hear a message of the cross, aren't we? We've heard that message so many times. But behind that, on the road to the cross, when he was, when he was trialed and handed over to Pilate, that, was, that whole thing was a supernatural event. It was a supernatural event. Because if you think about the Old Testament, Daniel, 4, Daniel chapter 7 talks about four beasts that were rising up, four empires. One of them had to be put to death. The other three had to be disabled and left powerless. And the, 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 the prophecy in Daniel 7 says that there's a man who comes on the clouds. He's coming on the clouds. He's coming on the clouds. Who is that? It's Jesus. And who is he coming to? He's coming to the Ancient of Days. Who's the Ancient of Days? God the Father. And of course, when, when, uh, he's, when, when, when the high priest is questioning, questioning him and he talks about this, um, with, um, the, the high priest says, that's blasphemy because immediately Jesus identifies himself as the Son of God. He's the one who was coming on the clouds. Amen. And so they're trying to make accusations against him stick. They're getting all of these false witnesses to come against him. Eventually, they get a couple of people to make false testimony against him. But eventually, the high priest just to say, listen, get, let's just get to the point. Are you, Jesus, are you the Messiah, the son, of, the son of God? And he says, yes. And that was it. He's handed over to, to Pilate. And ever since that day, prophecy after prophecy of God's word is coming to pass. And if you, know, if you know your word and you know the times that we're living in, you know it's coming to pass. You know it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass and it's rapid. It's accelerating rapidly. And so we have this time available right now to be disciples and to be disciplers. Amen. We've got this opportunity to be disciples. What do disciples do? They imitate their master. Who, who, is, who, is, who should we be imitating? Jesus. Amen. And that's, that's our task, to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. And not only, because once we lead them to Christ, we can't leave them there. We have to then help them to get their faith to a place where it's strong and they will not abandon their faith. This is what discipleship is. This is what we're looking to increase this year. Amen. Strengthen their faith, faith so that you will not give it up and you'll stay loyal to the Lord. Amen. Do what he did. Proclaim, proclaim liberty. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Bind up the brokenhearted. All of these things, that's what we, that's our job. That's what we are supposed to be doing now. 
And to finish this message off just, just now, there's one thing that I want to, one, one aspect, one supernatural aspect I want to highlight, and we would not, none of us would be here this morning if it wasn't for this forgiveness. Forgiveness. This, the ability to forgive someone is supernatural. The ability to completely and utterly forgive someone is supernatural. Amen? We were forgiven. Amen? And sometimes we think, I don't think I have it within me. I think it's impossible to forgive. But this forgiveness is a supernatural thing. And we can have that ability, that power and ability to forgive. And that's what restored us back to God, was forgiveness. So forgiveness, these days people, the, the, the common narrative is, um, listen, forgive, but then that's it. Put the shutters up. You've forgiven, so you're okay to move on and put the shutters up. And I don't believe that that's a good way of looking at things. Because forgiveness is not an end. Forgiveness is a beginning. Forgiveness is the start of a restored relationship. And so often the world says, you know, just, just forgive and then on, on you go, forget. And of course, we know forgetting is not possible psychologically. You know, and uh, things trigger wounds to be opened up time and time again. But if we would embrace supernatural forgiveness, it's not the end of something, it's the beginning. It's the start. Amen? And so, when you hear about people who the, the forgiveness has worked in them to forgive people who've murdered members of their family, their loved ones, people who've been abused, people who have, all of these things, you think, how, dear God, how on earth is that possible? People that have been stolen, people that you would say, that's what, what is done to you. I've actually overheard this in coffee shops. Some people think I go to coffee shops quite a lot. <laughs> but have you ever heard people saying that's unforgivable? It's unforgivable. And we're talking about trivial things. Trivial things. So, forgiveness is important. And when we live and move and have our being in Him, we can demonstrate the same supernatural signs and wonders as He did. It is possible. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.